and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. It is the grand final preview, and I am here, joined as always by my good friend Emmanuel. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael, I am well, thank you. I have recovered from the weekend. Uh, I have just gotten over the fact that Adam Reynolds' foot was hanging just over the 40-metre line with two minutes to play for a 40-20. Um, but it's grand final week. It's a great time of year. And um, just before we start, a huge shout out to everyone that's been listening to this podcast all the way through, who's joined us along the way or is even listening for the first time this week. It's great to have you on board. Michael, what's made news? Uh, well, it wouldn't be grand final week without a little bit of controversy. And on Rugby League's Night of Nights, the Dally M Awards, somehow... Daily Telegraph managed to ruin the whole show. Yeah, absolutely insane. That's right. Uh, a story appeared just as the awards night was getting underway from uh, a journalist complaining that the uh, eventual winner, Jack Wyden, and we'll take you through the uh, winners in a moment, but the eventual winner of the Dally M should not have won the award and the, the judging is flawed. Uh, it's really ridiculous. It's quite disappointing to see that. But you're right, it's not Rugby League's uh, biggest week without some sort of controversy uh, and a lack of professionalism. And boy, did we see that when everyone sat around to watch the Dally M's on Monday night and all they saw was, if they looked at Twitter, if they looked at social media, was that the winner had been announced. Um, Bit controversial and it's brought the whole uh, judging of the awards back into the frame. But before we talk about that, Corbs, Let's run through the Dally M team of the year, yep. um, which was announced. Um, so the Dally M medalist was Jack Whiten. Uh, he got 26 points um, despite not playing in round 20. He was followed by Clint Gutherson on 25 points and Nathan Cleary on 24. Um, the team of the year at fullback was Clint Gutherson. Uh, the wingers were David Nofaluma and Josh Adokar. The centres were Katoni Staggs and Stephen Crichton. The 5'8 was Jack Whiten. The half was Nathan Cleary. Uh, the props were Josh Papali and James Fisher-Harris. Cameron Smith uh, was, of course, the hooker of the year. Kikau and Tohu Harris were the second rowers. And Isaiah Yo was the lock of the year. The coach of the year uh, was Ivan Cleary. And in the women's, the Dalian player of the year was... Ali Brigginshaw from the Broncos. Um, in other awards, the Warriors won the Proven Southerns medal for the uh, story of the year, um, the people's choice of the year, really, for their sacrifice to the game. Uh, your uh, favourite person, Michael, Harry Grant, won the Dalian Rookie of the Year. Um, the Ken Irvine medal for leading tries went to Alex Johnston. The Peter Fralingos Award for the headline moment of the year went to uh, Project Apollo, um, driven by Peter Volandis. Uh, the Dalian Captain of the Year was Roger Tuvasa-Shek. Tony Staggs won Try of the Year. Papali won Tackle of the Year. And Adam Reynolds was the NRL's top point scorer. Controversy chords. Yeah. Where do you want me to start? All right. I look. I've I've had issues with how the Dally M is scored for years. Case in point this year, Katoni Stags. Katoni Stags missed six weeks of football. 
The Broncos were the worst team in the competition. But there were games where Katoni Staggs had barnstorming runs, got a couple points on the Dally envelope because he was the only player on the Broncos doing anything, and therefore he gets centre of the year. Where team-wide performances, where centres play great, players like Joseph Manu, Campbell Graham, Stephen Crichton, who was also in there, even players like Zach Lomax, who had great seasons, don't get rewarded because this system rewards what, especially for centers where you're not going to get points majority of weeks, it rewards them. Now, we can talk about the winner. Jack Whiten's now won another won another award that he doesn't deserve. Nathan Cleary should have won this award. Jack Whiten didn't play the last round. The, the game, round 19, the round where he got three points for, he was Sinbid. How can you be sinbinned in a game and then get three points for the game? That makes no sense to me. Clint Gufferson, who I think also has a very strong case to win Dally, had a very strong case to win Dally M, won the Eels that game against the Tigers in the last round, made a try-saving tackle, got no points for the result. So, yeah, I think the scoring has definitely come under scrutiny. Uh, I, yeah, I, there's... A couple of, I remember a couple of years back, 2018, Latrell Mitchell was by far and away the best center in the NRL. Yet on awards night, Joey Leilua, who wasn't great that season, somehow won center of the year. I think there needs to be, they need to, they need to revitalize and reinvigorate how the scoring is done because at the moment, I think there's some, there's some questionable results going on. Yeah, but it's very hard. It's much easier to pick a brilliant player in a battling team. Tony Staggs was probably Brisbane's best this year uh, when he was on the field. Um, and in a team like Penrith, uh, the points are obviously going to be split amongst Luai, Coruscant, Cleary, um, amongst others. So I think in, in that sense, it, it, at the end of the day, it is... It is more about individual brilliance than it is about um, who's in the best team and anything like that. So I guess it's easier for a, st- a player to stand out in a team where there's not many stars, um, and which is probably the same thing that happened to Latrell a couple of years ago. So um, I, I just don't think that, that this argument seems to come around a lot, and I don't know that there's a better way really to judge it. Uh, it's obviously uh, subjective. You can't go by can't use just the stats in front of you because the stats don't determine game management or like big moments that t- changed a game or or uh, produced a, a massive result. So I think the status quo will stay because there's, there's not much of a better alternative there. I think I think there are ways that somehow change the scoring. I, yeah, I don't know how, like at the moment, I believe it's the players who do the scoring. It used to be the media. It used to be the, what's it called? The... Um, the selection committee that used to do it, it's changed multiple times. I don't, just, just doesn't seem like they've got it right. And I think they need to go away from this 3-2-1 system. I think that's the way to go. The eye test tells you that Nathan Cleary was the best player in the, in the competition this year. Pampers have not lost a game in 17 weeks. 17 games straight they have won. And you're telling me that Jack Whiten, whose team finished fifth, deserved to win the Dalian medal over him? I, I it doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I I would just like to see some sort of change because you know a lot of the time they do get it right, but when it gets when they get to get it wrong, and especially this year when the the you know the award was leaked early and the article straight away is 
criticizing the winner, you know you've got problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, there was all that hoo-ha about Nathan Cleary's uh, TikTok uh, incident and how that would probably count against him, and it, it didn't end up making the difference anyway. So, well, it um, did because he didn't play those two games. But well, then and he could have got points you know, in them. That's the difference. Well, that's probably punishment. That's punishment enough, then, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, I guess it continues. There will always be controversy, however it is. In the AFL, it, it's done by the ref, uh, the the umpires. Umpires, yeah. Um, yeah, they give three, two, one. So. Um, and I don't think there'd be any uh, NRL players that would be keen on that based on their relationship with the referees. So um, anyway, um, obviously the week began uh, with two teams um, down from four. Uh, two remain, two have left the bubble, Souths and Canberra. Michael, how do you rate Canberra's season? Look, I rode them off the moment Josh Hodgson went. So the fact that they got as far as they did... Uh, is a plus for them. Uh, they were fantastic the week before. Unfortunately, I think that the revenge match against the Roosters was their grand final. They shaped up for that game. They toughed up for that game more than they did for Melbourne. And they took Melbourne for granted. And it cost them, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, they they came out of the gate so slow. There was some really, really bad mistakes made on defense. Jordan Rapana had a game that he would want to forget. Uh, Semi Vellame had a bad performance on the wing, especially under the high ball. There was one ball that led to a Vudavalu try where he literally took his eyes off the ball midair because he saw a Melbourne play coming. So that's just inexperience. But yeah, uh, Melbourne, all class. And the Raiders... They're a good team, but they they prepared for the wrong week. Yeah, I think so. Um, we definitely we spoke about this when uh, the 28th of May was announced for the resumption that momentum in this was going to be so crucial. Uh, and Souths and Canberra really carried momentum through to make it to the third week of the finals. They, they both did it from outside the top four. Uh, the Roosters and... Parramatta definitely struggled. They had they had uh, earlier season streaks. Um, Parramatta definitely started well. The Roosters were pretty strong in the middle, uh, and then injuries, I guess, took their toll for both clubs. And Souths and Canberra did really well to get there. But at the end of the day, I think I just think that the fatigue uh, for both sides definitely played a role. For Canberra, it was probably the same day travel implemented by the Queensland government. For Souths, I would say it was just a, a lack of troops. Um, if I can be self-indulgent for a moment, Forbes, to talk about Souths, I thought this was a pretty good season for them for what was really a rebuild year. Uh, we lost four of our five most experienced players uh, in the 2019 season, Inglis, Sutton, Sam Burgess and George Burgess. There were question marks on our pack, um, but I think I think... Wayne did a really good job in, in uh, blooding some young players <clears throat> and we showed, um, you know, determination to get there. But I just think at the end of the day, it was leaving the run too late and um, how important it showed, I think, how important that week off is. Yeah, the week off, look, the, the let's, let's be straight. The two best teams all year have made the grand final and so they should. Uh, I thought Souths yeah. were really good. They hung into a game where, even though I thought Pen- uh, Penrith were on top for the majority of the game, they hung in there. 
And signs are looking good for Souths. You've got to remember, their marquee signing this year is sitting on the sidelines with a torn hamstring. And the big question about them all year was their forward pack. The forward pack was good this year, and they've got Dry Arrow coming. So signs are good for Souths. Uh, you know, the, the big question is, can they get over the hump of the preliminary finals and crack the grand final? It's been three years in a row that they've exited one week before. And can they, can they break that? Yeah, and I think that if Latrell was there, it would have been the extra gear uh, and the, a bit of the dynamic change in attack. I mean, this was a team with uh, three origin stars sitting on the sideline. There was no low, there was no James Roberts, and there was no Latrell. Um, we played the prelim um, with 17 men. Campbell Graham, who was in line to play origin, was a, a late scratching before the game. Uh, we had two players go down in the first half, so we ended up with 15. But I think that um, Latrell is going to be crucial if, if we're to make that difference um, and go the next step next season. But overall, I, I think a, a pretty solid uh, down year for Souths, considering it was meant to be a rebuild. Uh, I think this is the first club, I think, where Wayne Bennett is actually enjoying the relationship with the club. But um, having said that, it, we're coming up to the final year of his contract, so anything goes from him. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh... Why don't we get into the big one, the grand final? As we said earlier, Melbourne versus Penrith, ANZ Stadium, 7.30, Sunday night. The two best teams of the competition. Uh, their previous matchup this year, I believe Param- uh, the Panthers won 21-14. to 14. Correct. So they have the edge here, but... In big games like this, experience does matter. And Melbourne has been there for the last five years. A lot of these players who are on this... A lot of the players on this team have played in the grand final before. The stage is different. The pressure is higher. Every mistake is crucial. Emmanuel, do you want to run through the teams? Yep. So, uh, for the Panthers... Kikau returns from a one-game suspension in the back row. Uh, Kurt Capewell drops to the bench and Mitch Kenny is out of the 17. Brent Naden has been named to start at centre after not getting on the field from the interchange last week. Uh, and Tyrone May is on the bench. Uh, for Melbourne, it is the same uh, side that beat um, Canberra last week in Brisbane. Um, all of your big names, you've got Munster, Hughes, Smith, Pappenhausen, Adokar, Vunavalu, all the big names, all been there before. As you said, four of the last five grand finals. Uh, Corbs, I reckon this game is going to be between the, the – it's going to end up being a battle between the game management of Nathan Cleary and the game management of Cameron Smith. Yeah, I think so. But I would like to throw Jerome Hughes's name in the hat as well. He was so incredible on the weekend. He had the ball on a string with his kicking game. He tore up the Raiders completely. And he needs to be considered as a top halfback in this game. But the improvement that he has made this year, uh, moving from fullback into the halves, he has been exceptional. And he's an X factor for them. It is going to be a really, really good game. 
very rarely do we see grand final blowouts. These two teams, we've said it, they've been the two best teams all year. And I think, I think Canberra, I think, uh, sorry, I think the Panthers have the edge in the forwards. I think the inclusion of Kickout strengthens that left side so much. And his line running close to the line is so damaging and so dangerous and draws players in, which gives you players like Crichton and Josh Mantua, who are expert finishers, a lot more room to move. Jerome, uh, Jerome Luai has been phenomenal as well. He was really good against Souths. And, you know, his first year as a starting job, we mentioned last week that there was questions about whether he would keep that 5-8 job heading into this season. And he has been spectacular. He actually finished in the top 10 in Daly M voting as well with his other half's partner, Nathan. And, yeah, another another big question for, for the Panthers this year was their fullback. And Dylan Edwards has been really good. Both teams are really strong, 1 through 17. It's going to be a really good match. I, I'm, I'm really, I don't know who to go. I want to hear what you, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask, who do you who are you tipping? Okay, well, um, I've been thinking about this and I'm going to go with, but the way I see this game, before I give my tip, the way I see this game is Melbourne are incredibly, incredibly fast, right? They, those tries last week uh, with the wingers linking up with Pappenhausen, um, absolutely awesome. Um, but I really, I really feel like, and hear me out on this, Corbs, this could potentially be Cameron Smith's final game in the NRL. Okay. Of course it could be. So we've got Cameron Smith's last game in the NRL. Okay. And then you've got Nathan Cleary, who's 22, playing his 100th first grade game this week. Okay. You've got a team that's played in four of the last five grand finals, um, up against a team that has pretty much won every junior competition together, under 20s, under 18s and everything. I really see this as a changing at the guard grand final. I see this as uh, the old guard of Melbourne uh, with um, Smith's finishing up this year and Bellamy next year. This is probably um, their last chance to win a premiership. And I really think this is the opening of a, of a very long premiership window for Penrith, who could potentially win three, two or three of the next five. Um, and for that reason, I just think that given all the momentum this year and, and the confidence of, of all those games and all those wins they've had together and the belief that they've built amongst themselves, I really think that Penrith is going to win it this year. There's sometimes there's just, there's just the symmetry of, of things that, that come around again. And, um, you know, it's a, it's last time Penrith won the comp. Last two times Penrith won the comp, 91 and 2003. Both years they won the comp, they were the premiers, okay? Um, minor premiers. There's a, yeah, sorry, minor premiers. Uh, there's, last time they won the comp, uh, there was a father-son coach and player combination. Uh, the forecast for this weekend is rain. Last time Penrith won the comp, it, it, was, it was wet weather conditions um and i think the wet weather conditions actually suit penrith more than they suit melbourne uh i think if we're going to talk about a forward pack um as you just did i think i think penrith have a bit of an edge there they're younger um they're fitter uh you don't have the fatigue in players like cameron smith in in wet weather conditions so um it's going to be a close game and, and i actually think uh it could be a forwards game if if the the weather is as forecast um, and, I, and I do think Penrith are going to win. 
Alright. I'll ask you this question. What's the one award or trophy that Cameron Smith hasn't won? The Churchill Medal? Clive Churchill Medal. Okay. I think I think he's hyping up for it. I think it I think it's time. I think he's going to this is I think this will be his last game. Yeah. And I think I think Melbourne I think Melbourne are gonna win it. I just think that the experience that they have on this stage in front of a big crowd, there's going to be 40,000 people out there at ANZ Stadium, I believe, including yourself. I think on a big stage, the experience is going to matter. Cameron Smith is going to give every single bit of football that he has left in his body. He's going to leave it all out there. He's going to win the Clive Churchill medal and on the podium, he's going to announce his retirement. I think that's how it's going to go. Melbourne Storm to win the grand final. Michael, as you know, as a Roosters fan, that the Clive Churchill medal could be won by someone in the losing team. Yeah, not a twice, but (laughs) the the NRL are not going to disrespect Cameron Smith like that. (laughs) Come on. No, I look. I I think it's good. it's it's very hard to call, which is really the sign of a great game. Like it's yeah. first versus second between them, they've lost five games and and had one draw. Like between the two of them across the season, they they're the two best teams by a long way, and it's great that we get this because we don't we don't get it that often. Um, but yeah, I look. I think Penrith are going to win it. Um, I don't know. It's just it's got this sense of inevitability about it. Um, having said that, in 2012, the Dogs played Melbourne in the grand final. Um, the Dogs had a hot streak of a year. Um, it was first versus second. Canterbury were first and they just didn't turn up on the day. But I feel like that there's more big game experience in this Penrith side. Um, I, they know each other really well and um, they'll just play exciting football. So Yeah, Pen- um, Penrith, do have, Penrith do have grand final experience. James Tarmow has played grand final football for the Cowboys. Api Corusau obviously played for Souths the year Isaac Luke got suspended. You've got Nathan Cleary who's played three origins in a row. This team, this team doesn't lack that much experience. Like there's, there's, there's some veterans on this team. But I, yeah, I still think, I still think Melbourne's still going to get it. Yeah. Well, we shall see in a very, very short time. Yeah, I'm excited. It will be. I'm, I'm hoping it is a phenomenal game. Uh, the other, the other grand final of the day is the women's grand final. It is the Roosters versus the Broncos. Um, the Broncos going to their third consecutive grand final. This team just doesn't want to be beat. Um, I hope the Roosters get up so that the club has some sort of victory this year. Uh, so, yeah, I'll tip the Roosters on that one. Yeah, I'll go for the Broncos just out of principle. Um, <laughs> and also because Ali Brigginshaw is in that team and, and she's an amazing she's player. Been, so. She's been the best player in the competition for the last three years as well. She's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, Corbin McGregor might have something to say about that, though. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're split this week. Um, I've gone Penrith, you've gone Melbourne, uh, and in the women's, I've gone the Broncos, and you've gone the Roosters. Yeah. Now, what comes after the grand final, Michael? 
we go straight into State of Origin and we get, so we have Sunday night, the grand final, then we have 10 days off and then on Wednesday, the, what date is it? Uh, the 4th. Wednesday, the, is it the 4th? Yes, Wednesday, the 4th yep. of November, we have the first Origin game and then every the next two Wednesdays following that, we have Origins 2 and 3. So, what we're going to do is we have given you this preview. We'll be podcasting again next Thursday. So Thursday, the 29th of October, we will be back and we will recap the grand final and we will preview Origin 1 and the Origin series. And then every Thursday after that until Origin is over. Yep. Amazing. Okay, well, I can't believe we're here. We actually got to a grand final. There was a point this year where we we didn't actually think we were going to have any footy. And then we, you know, a shortened season, what was going to happen. And, you know, we even spoke about does this season, does the winner have an asterisk next to their name? Is this a a season that will sort of be remembered for being a non-season? But I don't think anyone can doubt. We've we've seen some high-quality football from Penrith and Melbourne. um, And that will culminate in an epic game this weekend so yeah um looking forward to it yeah all right look the asterisk notion is rubbish if you ask me it's so hard to get there regardless of how many weeks there are in a competition if you can get to the grand final and you win it it's an effort regardless of the 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 scenario that's happened and played out this year and whoever wins it deserves a title completely no asterisks no Mark against their name, no footnote. It's it's a well-deserved win, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Sunday awaits us. All right, Corbs. Uh, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on How Good Is Rugby League on Instagram and How Good Is RL on Twitter. Uh, we have been tweeting and posting a bit more leading up to the grand final, so please interact with us. And one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is Rugby League? Up the Panthers.